What's going on, everyone? Hope you are well and have had a great week. Today on the podcast, I have Karen Saber, who is a ninja from America. She's competed on American Ninja Warrior seasons seven and ten. Uh, we we had a great chat. Uh, you know, one of the, I guess the things we were talking about is you know women and women in ninja, and I guess you know our own journeys with. Uh, improving and working on new skills and trying to learn new things and it was a really great episode i think you know there's definitely some value in there if you're if you're new to ninja and you're not sure where to go or where or how to think about things and how to approach things um you know we talk about uh you know being being around i guess better ninjas and and, and i guess how to deal with that some people respond differently um you know some people feel insecure about themselves uh, some people get inspired, um, but you know we discuss these things. Uh, I guess we've gone through uh, in our own journey. And one thing I like about speaking uh, with Karen about is, is you know, she can be critical of herself without judging herself. And I think that's a really, really fundamental skill to have, not just for ninja, but I think with 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 anything that you do in life, you know, you want to get better, and it's okay to not be satisfied um with mediocrity um and wanting to get better and not judging yourself for wanting that but also not judging yourself when you're being critical to uh to then improve yourself so a very very fundamental skill uh, i think you'll uh, enjoy this episode remember if you want to be really good at ninja you need a strong grip and there's no better grip than aussie grip so if you want to get 10 percent off Use my code Kadeem10 at checkout. They've got some cool things that they've been making. They just released a new mini UFO. Um, really, really awesome. Um, very tricky to hold on to. And they probably already have some sort of sale on. Who knows? Go and check them out and get 10% off as well. If you want to help me out and help the podcast out, consider becoming a Patreon member. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, it'll really help me out and allow me to keep going. So, all right, enough of me talking. Let's get on with the show. First of all, thank you for uh, joining me on the podcast. Nice to... to, to Thanks to, for hosting to, me. No, not a problem. It's nice to actually meet. Um, you know, we've been chatting a, a little bit um, on Instagram, and it's just nice to be able to, you know, put a voice and, and, and everything in the face to uh, to a person. So it's really, really absolutely, cool. Absolutely, absolutely. I was just telling somebody um just the other day like one of the most amazing things about the ninja warrior community um i feel like we're all we're all connected in some regard like you know we we, a lot of us have never competed together Mm. um but but we all follow each other on social media and you know we pick up conversations on social media so you feel like you know a person and then mm. when you actually meet them, it's like, oh, I don't think we've actually ever met. I know we've talked, <laughs> like I know so much about you, but we've never actually met. So it's, but it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And it's such a testament to this, this community, community that we're in. Um, mm. And I, I mean, I think that goes the same, same for this instance right here. Like we've, we've talked, I think, um, what was, I think my Legos is what sparked, <laughs> sparked the conversation, right? <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Gave him, yep. gave him some good childhood memories right there. It's like, oh, oh yeah, wow. <laughs> I know, right? It's yeah, you, it's hard to be hard to beat Legos. Oh, hundred percent. So, mm-hmm. so, Karen, so Karen, obviously, you know, you've been in the community for a while. Um, 
Tell me, so, and obviously you mentioned you were playing hockey. Uh, what were you like, I guess, as a kid? Like, you know, uh, how active were you as a kid? What, you know, did you, were you playing Legos then or were you, uh, yeah. you know, outside <laughs> or indoors and you're a gamer? I don't know. What were you like as a kid? No, I did. I did a lot of that. Um, gaming, not so much. Um, so let's see, I was born in the late 70s, so I was, I'm a product of the 80s. Um, <laughs> So Atari and Nintendo, that's, uh, that's about it in terms of, um, in terms of my gaming experience. But um, no, always, always very active as a kid. Um, you know, my dad, you know, was always had me at the park and doing more of the extreme things at the park. I remember one instance, I was probably three years old and we were at the park with my grandma and he um, had me up on the timber that suspended the tire swing. Mm. And he had me walking across the top of that. And my grandma was about ready to faint when she, when she saw that. Um, I climbed trees from a really early age. And there was an instance, you know, I was probably five. And I climbed, climbed up to the tree. And my mom was in their second story bedroom window. And I'm waving to her. And so she's freaking out that I'm that high in the tree. Um, but no, sports was always my big thing. Um, I mean, my parents had had me in that you know, in the swimming lessons at six months old, like the old school way where you're, you know, at the YMCA and they're dunking you in the water to get you <laughs> and then bringing you up. But um, so started with swimming lessons, gymnastics for, you know, a year or two, but um, I started doing t-ball and soccer um, at probably age six. And when I was growing up, I wanted to be the first professional major league baseball player. Um, so I played baseball uh, with the boys up until high school and then that's when I realized soccer was probably gonna sustain me a little bit longer so that's when I, I switched over to soccer year-round I did cross-country in high school to stay in shape for soccer because here in Illinois um, girls soccer is in the spring whereas a lot of states it's in the fall so I ran cross-country and played club soccer in the fall uh, indoor soccer in the winter and then high school soccer um, in the spring and then back to club summer. So I was playing soccer year round. Um, and then it wasn't until, and, I, and then I played it at Arizona State University. Um, and then it wasn't until my junior year at Arizona State that they got a women's hockey team. And okay. I had never played organized hockey, um, but I, learned how to skate at an early age, you know, growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, we skated and played pond hockey a ton. I grew up on a cul-de-sac, so we played a lot of roller hockey. Um, so I was comfortable skating. I knew, I knew how to play. I just never played organized. So I ended up doing that in college and had an absolute blast. So, um, and, you know, it's funny. I would, I'd put my, put my pads and equipment on and I felt, you know, I'm, I'm five, six, you know, maybe 119, 120 pounds. Uh, I put my equipment on. I felt like I was 6'5", 285 and could run. <laughs> <laughs> I felt invincible. So, um, so yeah, so that was, that was growing up. And then after college, um, dabbled in soccer a little bit. And then um, got into triathlons. Um, from there, I started doing the, doing the Tough Mudders. So I did the first ever Tough Mudder. Um, okay. Wow back in, gosh, that was 2007 or 2008, um, out in New Jersey. And so did a number of those. 
Um, and it was just doing a ton of running, um, beating up my body quite a bit with that. Um, in college, I had a, a stress fracture um, at L5. And at some point, it ended up fracturing. So I had, had, that str I had a stress fracture, fractured L5. Um, and, you know, did a lot of rehab for it. Had to take how, a little bit of time off. How did you do that? Uh, it just, it was just one of those things that just happened. It was a stress fracture. Some, something triggered that. And then at some point, um, like no known occurrence, there was no, no, like no specific instance. It was just, I think, pressure and stress over time. Mm. Um, and so that's just had like residual effects. Um, and then with that, like, you know, that was, geez, 1996. So um, a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> so there's just been some like residual effects from that, just from all the overcompensation. And then, you know, up until, you know, like 2015, I was running like 40 miles a week. So my hips wow. were just out of whack. And um, so I needed to take some time off. Um, and then that's when I found Ninja. So you were already into the obstacle stuff. Yeah, uh, you you done tough matter. What what was it about tough matter that you liked? What drew you to that? The tough. I mean, it was just pushing yourself to the extremes and like doing just some crazy, crazy, um, you know, extreme challenges. The first one that that we did, um, that was in New Jersey. Um, I had just come off a dislocated foot that I did like that happened playing soccer and I did intense rehab like getting ready to be able to do this because I was doing this with my trainer uh Josh Zittimer he's out in New York and we um we decided to do this together and so like I'm not missing this 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 I mean because this was actually it was the it wasn't the first Tough Mudder it was the second one it was the first obstacle or the first Tough Mudder where they actually had the electric wires so it was, oh, okay. it was before anybody even knew that that was the shtick for, <laughs> um, for Tough Mudder. So it was, it was like 38 degrees. I mean, it was absolutely freezing and raining. And I mean, I would, it, it was probably good because my foot was numb within the first mile and a half. So I couldn't <laughs> do it. Um, but it was, it was just one of those things I, you know, I like pushing my body to see how far I can, how far I can take it, you know, and, you know, being in that extreme cold and, you know, I think we, that was like a, it was an eight or 10 mile course. Um, the obstacles weren't overly challenging, but, you know, in, in the elements, in the rain, in the cold, it made it a little more challenging. <laughs> Six miles in, you can't feel your hands either. And so, oh, but yeah. I'll never forget, we got, we got to the finish and we saw it was all the, the wires were hanging down and um i'm like what we had no idea what it was and it there's a sign that said you know if you have a pacemaker we advise you to skip this obstacle and we're like what is it? <laughs> it looked like weeping willow branches like just weeping willow branches suspended from like a, a decking so i just i just ran through i got through it fine because i was wearing a rubber swim cap the entire time because the the first obstacle was jumping off that plank into the water and then swimming 200 yards or so to Ooh. the other end. And I'm like, I'm, it's 38 degrees. I'm not going to have wet hair yeah. for the next miles. So I had the swim cap on and I kept it on after the water just because it was keeping the heat in. Mm. So, um, so I don't know if that's what helped me, but 
my train, Josh, he was running through. And next thing I know, like he's down on the ground. I'm like, get up. <laughs> What's wrong? And he's, he's like, this can't be legal. <laughs> I'm like, what? I had, and I still had no idea what was happening or why he was on the ground. Like <laughs> shaking. So come to find out he was getting shocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm glad I haven't done a tough mud. I don't think I'd survive. I don't think I'd get past. I don't think I'd get halfway. <laughs> the most, I think the Spartan ones, they, they're a little more tactful. Like they're, you know, it's still a lot of obstacles and fun obstacles and challenging, but you're not, you're not having to worry about getting electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I don't have any, I guess, lure to, to Spartan or Tough Mudder. I just, I don't know, something about just the running and getting wet <laughs> and then the mud. It's not so much the obstacles. I'm sure the obstacles are fine and simple. Yeah. But- it's like, I don't want to deal with all those elements. You want know, to be comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, I want to be done in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a little, um, that's, where, that's where the difference is. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a big one. So yeah. how, how did you find yourself getting into the ninja world? What was, uh, I'm assuming it was yep, like all it, of us. It's funny. Show. Um. So I had just had an MRI in my hip and, um, you know, was told I need to just take a little bit of time off of running. And literally later that week, uh, my friend, Patricia Roy, she down in Atlanta, she, um, she sent me a video and it was Casey Cantanzaro. Um, and she, you know, it was the first time she hit the buzzer and she sent me this video and she's like, why aren't you doing this? And I watched the video. I'm like, I have no idea what this is, but this looks awesome. This is what I'm do. So I forwarded the video to, to Josh, my trainer. I said, this is what I want to train for. So that was, um, that was like summer of 2014 and, um, submitted that, that fall. Um, and then got, got called to compete, uh, in season seven. And, you know, I hadn't met any of the Chicago guys yet. I had never been to a ninja gym. So I didn't, you know, I started rock climbing. Like I, I got a coach to help with some rock climbing, like, gosh, that January, January of like 2015. So I did like two months of rock climbing. Um, cause I'd never been to a rock climbing gym. Mm-hmm. And so I was still just doing, you know, more functional, uh, lifting and, uh, a lot of TRX, a lot of body weight stuff, a lot of hit workouts. Um, but we just changed the, he changed the dynamic of, of my program a little bit just to try to tailor it to, you know, the appropriate strength needs requirements, but you know, without being on obstacles, there's no way to train properly for <laughs> obstacles. So my first time touching an obstacle was on the platform oh, <laughs> in Kansas man. city at <laughs> season seven. Oh, so, mm-hmm. that's crazy. So yeah. you got selected um and the it's interesting because the process all the processes that you have are a bit different to how they they operate here in australia oh really um, yeah we have to you know keep everything a secret uh we, we yeah we can't tell people uh until they give us permission leading up to the airing of the shows so you can't tell people that you even competed no really no it's so it's very it's very it's very different um and there's more stages we even have an audition process so okay. not only do we have to submit a video, but then if you have to get invited to tryouts and we, we, we do a, like a big fitness test and, you know, interviews oh, with all wow. the producers 
yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's 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 a, it's a much, much a different process. Yeah, much bigger process. So you 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 get your you know you get your call. That's that's the probably the big difference. We get an email. Like that's that's how that's how <laughs> we get just, we get a mass email, and it's either yes or no. Um, so you get the call from from Peter. Um, Is you, it the same Peter? No, no. I'm saying you. I'm talking about you. You, oh, you get the call. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? No, my mine was a little bit tricky because I had to like I had to I had to get Peter to call my mother because I couldn't put my Australian number in the application, and then I had to she sent him my number, and then we had to like back and forth work out the time zones. <laughs> oh my god! It was like a thirty-six hour pro. I knew I knew what was going to happen, but it was it was like such a nerve-wracking thirty-six sure. hours trying to align it. But anyway, but anyway, so so you get the call from Peter. Um, you know, you you, you get to the course. What was that like for you when they showed you the course? What was going through your mind, if you remember? Um, so the way that Kansas City was set up, um, there's a berm right outside of, of Union Station. And so we could sit like the before, like I got in there a day or two early. And so I just went and hung out on the berm and watched all the testers. And, um, and it's funny, I, so I spent this weekend with Michelle Warnke and her husband um, in Ohio, and it was actually at, at that, sitting on the berm is when I met Michelle for the first time, and we were talking about that. <laughs> it's funny to like look back on those, on those moments, but um, so watching it, it was, um, you know, the steps, you know, that's when they were the, just the traditional quintuple steps. So it was, you know, seemed fine. Mm. Um, but of course it was, you know, easy to get in my own head, like, okay, they're, they're probably further apart than they really <laughs> seem. And, you know, it's just the, the initial nerves, but, mm. um, and then the second obstacle was the big dipper launching to a rope ladder. Um, and so I was somewhat hesitant about that. Um, just because any type of kipping motion and at that point, like, I still didn't know how to, you know, move my body and yeah. you know, do get through, get through the air and kip and all the things you're supposed to be able to do. And so, just sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt your flow. Are you talking about when you were sitting up with what watching down on the testers? Are you talking about when you're actually there and they're doing the, the demos? Well, for like, this was still just watching the testers. Okay. Some. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. So watching the testers, um, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, because I know like anything where I have to throw my hips and generate power through my hips, that is my weakest link. <laughs> that's, that's what I suck at. Like just with, with my back and then, you know, that low transverse core, like it's just, it's just dead. Um, mm -hmm. No matter how much core work I do, my transverse core is, is pretty, pretty weak. <laughs> um, Interesting. So just looking at that and then so that 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 one seemed a little bit daunting um and that is where i ended up going out but um and it was also i mean i just had no idea like how to hold like even now i'm holding like this switch grip but i you know was going like this and you know i remember being a ninja holding and talking to some of the people that i was meeting there and they were you know kind of playing with the idea of going this way and i'm like well, i don't know that just doesn't feel comfortable it was actually brandon mears um he, we were talking through that and he's like, well, don't, you know, if you've never done this and that doesn't feel comfortable, don't do it. But I remember just being, I was so straight 
the entire time that by the time we I got down the second dip, it just yanked me right off. So, mm. so, um, so after you'd watch it on on top of the hill, and then you're being shown all the mm -hmm. obstacles, uh, what was then I guess going through your mind? once you could actually see okay this is the rough distance and obviously even uh -huh. when you're on the sideline you don't sure. see the real perspective right. so no yeah sideline was totally different perspective too yeah what was going through your mind and like were you having doubts were you questioning what you were doing or were you uh, yeah were you, like, i i do legitimately remember looking at big the big dipper and this is when you know the first iteration of it so it was just the initial like the smaller smaller version but um i do remember looking at it thinking like this is going to be a stretch <laughs> how do i figure out how to do this <laughs> in the next you know in the next 90 you know in the next six hours but um but i you know i knew i knew going into that first season it was you know it was probably going to be a challenge. Like I, I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, to be quite honest. I mean, it, it looked cool and fun and it, you know, it obviously is. Um, but I just, I wasn't prepared as I should have been. But oh. I, at that point I still hadn't, you know, we had one gym in Chicago at that point. So, mm. um, so yeah, so it, but, but things, you know, things have changed quite a bit in the last five years. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, when you, obviously, once you'd seen the course, you're talking about it, how did you feel, if you remember, when you got to the platform? Do you, what was that moment like it, for you? It was, you know, so this was also the other thing. Like, I had no idea that it just films all through the night. So um, it was just me and my dad. My mom... Um, she had she was i think just having back surgery she wasn't able to come um but so it was just me and my dad and we had no idea what to expect and like i you know i had a few snacks in my bag but you know getting there at six o'clock in the evening and then not competing till just after 5 a.m like <laughs> it was so it was i was not expecting that like that was that was news to me um or like i wasn't expecting to you know, be competing, you know, up all night on my feet all night. I had a blast. I mean, the adrenaline was pumping the entire time, which totally helped. Um, mm. And meeting so many people and, you know, realizing how quickly, um, how amazing everybody is. But, um, but no, I was not, I was not prepared to be up overnight and, and then, you know, trying to compete at, 5 a.m. So I remember, you know, just doing whatever I could to stay loose and to stay moving. Um, you know, and it was, and then I remember being, you know, when, when they call you, it's like the, you know, you're in the, the next group of five. So then they take you back behind the stage and you're just kind of doing what you can to stay warm and, mm. uh, and move around. And part of me is like, is this really, is this really happening now? But again, you know, after being there for 12 hours, it was just, it was just a long, a long night, a fun night, but a very long night. It was just a night of so many firsts. And mm. you know, after that, I knew I was able to prepare much better. Mm. So, um, they said you, you said before you went out on the, on the second obstacle, um, mm -hmm. were you, were you happy? Were you 
annoyed oh, at yourself? No. no, I was, I mean, there were so many things I wish I would have at least attempted differently. You know, I, knowing what I know now, I wish I would have done switch grip. I wouldn't have been completely dead hanged. I would have led with my body. I would have got my heels back behind me. Like there's just so much that I know now that I didn't know then. So, um, but again, it, it comes down to preparation and um, I wasn't equipped to, to prepare as I needed to for, for that first season. But you know, you as a competitive person, you know, going out that early, like, that's never fun. No. <laughs> you know? So it's, it, it was, it was definitely very humbling. Okay. And then, so after that, uh, because I think this is where, uh, this is a very defining moment for a lot of people who are new to Ninja, uh, who get on the show and not are fully prepared. This is a moment where it's either they're going to, want to rise again and and do mm -hmm. better or they're absolutely crushed and obviously i'm sure that wasn't the case for you but how did you internalize what happened and then what happened to you after that moving moving forward with your training so after that um i was at the ninja gym the next week <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got to know uh dan dan Palizzi and brandon mears um and ethan swanson and so figured out where it is that they train. And so I started going there as soon as I got back to Chicago. So, and awesome. yeah, and started, started learning a little bit more. I still, I mean, to this day, I have so much more to learn. Um, but it was, it was great just to kind of get into, find a place where I could go every week and get some actual training in and then started doing the, you know, the competitions. Um, you know, we'd go as groups, you know, there'd be a group from Chicago that would go out to, you know, competitions in Ohio and Michigan. And so it was a, it was a ton of fun um, and had some successes on, on some of the, the local course or the local competitions. Um, so it was, a, it was a ton of fun. Um, you know, and that's where I just started getting, getting to know people in the community even more. And, um, you know, it's, it's really just become such a, such a part of me. Mm. Oh, absolutely i think we can all relate um on that on, on on that aspect when you started training with you know ethan and and uh police and mears um did you did you feel intimidated or insecure yeah, about at all sorry i'm realizing it's kind of dark is my lighting okay yeah no yeah, yeah. yeah okay. i can see you i can see you fine okay. um yeah did did you did you were you feeling a little bit intimidated by training with the i mean again i don't know how good ethan was in season seven obviously uh he's he's amazing he's he's, yeah. he's an absolutely amazing now i'm sure he was exceptional then but obviously i know he's gotten better did you was there any intimidation on your part you know being a woman and training with these guys and going intimidating no i wouldn't say intimidating i would say i mean if anything they pushed me um, and they taught me so much and they, they were always, you know, spending time with me, making sure I was, you know, knowing what to do, knowing how to do it properly. Um, <laughs> Dan even still gives me a hard time about, uh, my pull-ups and my, my poor form on pull-ups <laughs> and kipping pull-ups. 
um, to this day and like chest to bar pull-ups. I hate pull-ups. Um, <laughs> they are my weakness. I do need to work on them more. Um, but yeah, he's, he's worked with me for, for years on, on trying to get like a kipping pull-up that would help with the salmon ladder. And, um, and that's just where like, it just doesn't, my body, it just doesn't connect in my body. Like I know what I want my body to do. It's just not doing it. <laughs> but, um, but no, they've, they've been super supportive and helpful and, um, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your ability is or what your skill level is. It's, it's open to everybody and they're not going to say, no, you can't come train with us because you're going to slow us down. Um, there's sometimes I definitely feel like that. Like I don't ever want to slow them down. Like even, even now, like at ultimate ninjas, like when Ethan and Torres and Chris and Jesse, when they get together to train, I'm like, I, I, I don't, <laughs> there, there's, yeah, that's different level. <laughs> it's fun to watch them. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I realized that, that. <laughs> I realized that when I went climbing with them and with, uh, right? with, with Tyler, that was, um, yeah. that was real fun to watch. It wasn't very fun to do. <laughs> I was right? so, I was I so like bad, it, but it's, 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 the climbing, like I'll go climbing with them, but like when, when they're the training, when they're training in the gym, I, you know, I'll gladly, I'll gladly spectate, <laughs> do my own thing on the side. But yeah, yeah, when they start putting courses together, that's just comical. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. No, it's just because when I, when we were climbing, you know, they're doing some very high grades and I'm not, right? I'm not very technical and I'm not really good at climbing mm -hmm. uh and you know i was doing really badly falling off v4s and i just kept thinking man they probably think i'm the biggest joke <laughs> here's this here's this here's, they don't at all i know i know i know i just in my head i'm like man here's this australian dude randomly just popping up hey can i train <laughs> with you guys and and just doing an awful job you know, they I don't like they 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 <laughs> welcome you just as they would anybody else oh i know i know they did no yeah. it, was, it, it was great it was just I was like, I was, I was actually, I was inspired. We up more than anybody, you know, we're our worst critics. Oh, absolutely. No, a hundred percent. No, I knew they were. And I was just like, yeah, I, man, I, know. I wish I was just two grades better. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. And I think also, especially, you know, training with people who are better than you. I, I, I had this, uh, you know, I considered myself fairly average for a few years up mm -hmm. until a certain point uh and then i made a decision to i have to be better push through that yeah and um i think it was it was the hartford world championships uh, oh, yeah. we, won't, we won't talk about that too much no. <laughs> i was uh, I'm watching i was i was at home watching that one yeah that was Glad a very, that decision <laughs> That's a very interesting course. Um, but yeah, you know, just watching everyone just get destroyed by this first obstacle and the morale was just horrible. Um, you know, I, I, I had a game plan um, and, uh, you know, watching, uh, you know, obviously the video came out by you know, the ninja whose name I will not speak. Um, and, you know, I studied it and I went, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But then watching everyone fail, I think, a lot of people were just getting down about it. And then that first obstacle was just everyone's minds was so wrapped in this first obstacle. Right. But for me, I was like, 
okay, no, no, I saw what you had to do. This is what I'm going to do. And then I did it. And I was, you know, I was super happy. I mean, mind you, getting past the third obstacle, no chance. <laughs> well, that was the, the, the trucks, right? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what, seven, like, what, only, like, uh, I don't know, 10, 11 people maybe got past it? Yeah. Uh, out of, what, 330, 30 of us? Um, but I think, you know, it was that moment I realized, huh, maybe I'm not that bad. And then when I got back to Australia, I, I, I really focused on training with, you know, the best or the better mm -hmm. uh, ninjas. All right, we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors. Looking to start training like a ninja warrior or take your training to the next level? Well, look no further than Aussie Grip. Aussie Grip provides superior training grips made from pure polyurethane with stainless steel hardware that is corrosion resistant. And they provide free domestic shipping. Aussie Grip are the leading innovators of training grips in Australia. If you are ready to become a Ninja Warrior, use the code KADIM10 for 10% off your next purchase using the link in the show notes. It's in my state, and it's amazing. There's little technical things that you learn um, from training with people who are much better than you. Uh, the, you, you, um, you fast track, like your skill will just double and everything will just multiply so sure. quickly. But I feel like a lot of people, um, it, it, I feel like a lot of people uh, struggle with that, um, you know, with the idea of, of, you know, utilizing better people and training with them and not feeling mm -hmm. insecure about yourself. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a real, that's a real struggle. Um, yeah. so, so you, you know, I told like, to your, to your point, like, I remember this with soccer. Like if there was, there was, you know, when there were teams that, that lacked skill or that, you know, weren't up to the same skill level as you, like it, you had to make sure you weren't playing down to their level, mm. you know, because it's easy to play down and get sloppy. Um, but to your point, taking advantage of training with people that will push you is huge. Um, and, you know, and it, it's, it does make such a difference. And I, it, it, sometimes, yes, it can be intimidating because they make it look so easy. And then that's where I find myself sometimes like in my head and vocalizing, like I'm making excuses as to why I can't do this or why I'm not at this level. And, you know, I spend, you know, prior to, prior to the pandemic, I've, you know, was working crazy hours and, I'm not able to get to the gym and train every night because you know, a lot of my job is after hours stuff or I'm still working late. Mm. So, you know, I have maybe a night or two um, where I could get to the gym, but it may not be till nine or 10 o'clock mm. um, and then come back home and have dinner and work some more. But, um, and I feel like my body just wasn't responding because I don't know that I've been like I I'm not doing the proper warm-ups and like I'm not you know as I'm as I'm aging I'm realizing I need to stretch a whole lot more and you know I can't just go right into a ninja gym and just start jumping on obstacles and swinging around like that that doesn't work so, work so well and so you know I'm trying to rush through a warm-up so I can you know get to playing but you know, that's more of just, that's more of a disservice. 
So it's finding that balance, but you know, wanting, I want to get there and do it and be at a certain level, but I'm not doing the back end work to make sure my body is able to do that. And so then when I'm on obstacles, I'm, you know, I'm hurting a lot of the times or I'm not, you know, I'm not stretched out enough. Or I'm not warmed up enough. And again, these are excuses. Um, and it's just trying, you know, trying to maximize my day and fit, you know, some kind of activity in, in, in the midst of work, but um, but no, it's, you know, in my head, I want to be at a certain level, but I haven't put in the work to be at that level. So I have no one to blame, but myself mm. for that, you know? Mm. No, a hundred percent. Um, I don't know what the situation is in regards to obviously, uh, you know, more women being involved, uh, in, 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 in Ninja in America, um, over here, uh, it's, in, from the kids' point of view, I mean, I would say there's a lot of girls that that, that do it, um, or a lot a lot more girls that would do it than say adults. But we don't have a massive contingent of of, of women that do ninja. No, no, I mean, not as big as you know one would like. Um, do I need to become Australian? Do I need do I need to come out for more than one reason? Get get out of maybe <laughs> maybe maybe. Touch uh, after in November. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait till your winter starts, because then that's that, that's our summer. So that's perfect. The... <laughs> uh, I, like it. I would say good luck getting into my state. My state's probably impossible at the moment with everything going on, but maybe some of the yeah. other ones, which actually are probably sunnier too. So that might actually work. Um, Not opposed. But uh, do you think? Uh, do you? Th- uh, I was going to say, obviously, you know, you, you've, you've brought some things up about your childhood, which I think also probably resonate now with you, why you like Ninja and why you're involved. You know, you, you were pushed by your, 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 was it your father or your grandfather? Did I, I just want to make sure. My that, dad. Your dad. He yeah. Was, you know, he, oh, yeah. He was always he, having me push my boundaries. Yeah. He challenged you. He mm-hmm. challenged you to, to be better and to try things and, 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 and explore, you know, new levels and new heights yeah, and there was, he was, he was always very, he's, and still to this day, very, there's nothing that I can't do. Mm. Like, so he's very, very encouraging in that regard. I mean, in every aspect, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Nothing, and that's really, that, yeah, no, sorry, finish your point, sorry. Yeah, I'm just, there's, there's um, he's always, you know, encouraged me and let me know that there's nothing that I can't do. Absolutely, which is so important. Why do you think, and maybe that could be the simple issue, uh, the simple reason is to, why do you think there's a, cause I do notice there are women who come through or, or not even come through, but they look at Ninja. Uh, and even just when I look at on socials um, and uh, you know, someone shared a run and you're going through the, the, the feet, you know, there's a lot of, you know, women I've noticed who, you know, oh, I, I can't try that. That's, that's too hard. I'm, I, you know, I'm not strong enough. Oh, I wish I could do that. I, you know, all these different things. And I'm thinking, you know, we have a lot of dudes that are like, yeah, man, I'll give that a go. And even if mm-hmm. they're not great, they'll like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I can do that. At least, yeah. at least, at least they're going to get up and try. What right. do you think, what do you think holds back women in regards to, in this space? What do you, so are you saying there in like, are you seeing that more in Australia than you are here in the States? Or do you think that's, do you think that's happening in both both places as somebody that has a pulse on both in both countries well i I can't speak for the us because i don't know what happens at local comps i mean i would say it is probably still majority men 
mm-hmm. who obviously do ninja. Here, definitely majority men. We don't have a lot of women who um, who do ninja. And then, you know, out of those women, um, just being honest, a lot of the, you know, we only have maybe one or two that, that can genuinely contend with the yeah. dudes. Yeah. And I'm trying to work out why is that so? What is stopping more women mm-hmm. from being able, and I'll use, you know, your, your Jesse Graffs and your Olivia's, for example, obviously Olivia has an exceptional gymnastic background and, mm-hmm. and, and Steph has a stunt background, but you know, why don't we see more women being able to go to that level or at least trying to really push for that level? I mean, I'm glad that they're at that level because it gives, yeah gives a reference point, but I just thought maybe from your perspective, being a, being a woman, maybe you've, you've seen this or maybe you've noticed, maybe spoken to other female ninjas or, or ladies who want to get involved in ninja. Um, do you have any, any thoughts or, or view on that? Well, I, I will say, and again, I'm, I'm just going to speak to my experience here in the States. I can't um, speak to, to Australia cause I don't really, I don't follow a ton of people there. Um, mm. But you know, I've been, I've been doing ninja since 2015. And I will say the amount of females that are competing, even just like NNL comps and local comps, like that number is increasing every year, oh, good. Um, which is great to see. And I think there's, there's a lot of female women that have really just adopted this and they, they love the challenge. And, um, you know, there's, there's a number of women that I've met that whether it be at camps, like pro camps or whatever, we have adult sessions, you know, some women that they just want to give it a try. They're like, I, this isn't something I've ever thought that I'd be able to do, but I wanted in this safe space, give it a try. And, you know, I've done some, um, some female only clinics where it's just uh, me and, you know, a couple other, the, the female ninjas with some other with some other females, um, just to make them feel comfortable and, and make it, you know, because I think for some women, um, I personally can't speak to this, but I know for some women, there definitely is an intimidation factor, not just amongst men, but, um, amongst other females too, like, because it's so easy for women to try to compare themselves to others. Um, I know that's a huge, that's a huge thing. I think we all fall, fall guilty of that from time to time. But, um, you know, some women, they fall into that really heavily, um, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. Um, But, you know, giving, you know, I've enjoyed doing some, some pro camps where it is just women and giving them that support and encouragement to, you know, help them get up, you know, it may not be the 14 foot wall, but maybe they're starting at the 10 foot warp wall and just seeing those, those tiny little benchmarks and each benchmark they hit gives them that additional encouragement to, um, to push, push to the next level. And so it's just these incremental, incremental um, accomplishments that gives them, that gives them confidence to, to keep pushing. And then, you know, they, they do these, you know, maybe do some things at, at open gym or at, um, or adult training or whatever, um, that gives them the confidence to say, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do a local comp. Like I've seen so many women start that way. Like Shannon Paglieri out in Ohio. Um, I remember the first competition she did. I mean, she didn't, I don't think she got through the first obstacle, but she did it with a smile on her face. And now like she crushes it. 
Um, mm. She's down at M Lab with with Michelle, and I mean, she's just she's just got this attitude that um, you know she's she's so positive, she's so happy, and and she's just so strong. Uh, and so it's amazing. Her like Katie Tennant too. She trains. They you know she actually just moved to I think Virginia, but she was training with Shannon in Ohio. And just you know the two of them over over the course of the last three or four years, like they've just become super strong and confident, and and it shows. Um, but I think I mean here in the states, I really think um, you know people like Jesse Graff um, have paved the way. Um, Jesse and Jesse Lebrecht too. I, I mean, they're showing that that strong is is a beautiful thing. You know, there there's something to be said about being strong. It's you know, back in the day, sometimes you know, girls with muscles were you know were shunned or intimidated, intimidating. But um, but they're showing strong, strong, strong is a, is is a good attribute to have for a female. And you know, look at look at season twelve. I think we had six females hit a buzzer this season yeah so, it's crazy so i mean that right there and when that's huge so and and some new faces that hit buzzers like mm. tiana finally got hers um mm. ashley mcconaville down in florida like she had an amazing run um mm. and, you know and then the names that that we all know and love like jesse lebrecht jesse graff um who else got about Alyssa? I just so, saw Maddie. Maddie had a great run. I yeah, and Maddie. That. Yeah. That sensational. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's it's definitely, it's definitely starting because, I mean, last year was Maddie's first year. I mean, she, you know, hit, hitting, coming out strong. So I think she got a buzzer last year too, right? In, in Seattle? If not, she was I, really close. I can't remember. I, I, think, I think she made it to the fifth, if I remember correctly. I'm just okay. trying to remember when I spoke to her. Um, but yeah, I mean, she did. Yeah. She did super. She did very well. She still made it to the to to the finals. Yeah. So, and then here she is, you know, as as an ICU COVID nurse, and still <laughs> come out and smashing a buzzer. So it's it's so inspiring. Like it's it's awesome to see women really really you know taking it on and and I, I just that I think is encouragement to other females that you know, may not have been compelled to try something like this, but you know, seeing, I love when it's, you know, the everyday people, it's not the people that are just training ninja full time. You know, it's, you know, people like Maddie, people like Pauline, like they're working intense, high pressure jobs, and they're mm. still out and going out and crushing it. So that I think is, is amazing inspiration and motivation for, for the everyday female. Damn, I wish I could just work and then just come out and just <laughs> right. just and just crush. I wish I'd have to train oh this. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, know. I know. No, I do, I do, I do love it. Um, but yeah, no. So okay, that's very interesting points, especially about the potentially the you know female only clinics. Um, mm -hmm. From what from what I'm hearing, it's that that support is very critical. Obviously, obviously, the support in the community, you know, it's, it, it's, it's critical for all of us. But I, f I feel like maybe for women, from based on what you're saying, to get women over the line, it's important that they're with other women. Um, and it's the focusing on those incremental gains, well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like golf. Do you ever, do you ever play golf? I, I golf quite a bit. And I've tried uh, <laughs> two times. Yeah. <laughs> 
in 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 recent years and uh the amount of times i hit the ground (laughs) i've probably injured myself more than than hitting the ball but uh yeah carry carry on (laughs) with 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 golf i mean it's that's a challenging game I've, i've been golfing quite a bit this summer um and you know it just it's just that it just takes that one shot you could be hitting playing horribly and then you just have that one amazing shot and that's what brings you back for the next round like you see that one shot um and I'm starting to sound like Hamilton but um (laughs) but um but no I think I think doing um doing some women only groups just because one it builds that camaraderie it builds their confidence it gives them more of safe space is the wrong word but it's just a level of comfort knowing that they're, they're maybe participating and trying new things um, with other women that, that may not be, that may be at the same level as them. So, you know, it, it takes, it alleviates that intimidation factor a little bit. Um, so I think that's one way to start, you know, if you're trying to get more females involved, I don't know if there's, if there's females out there that can, you know, that can lead some sessions, but just get, you know, get a group of five or six women together and, you know, and they're going to be encouraging one another. They're going to want to see each other succeed. And you just, you know, set incremental, incremental benchmarks or successes. And once they hit those, then they're going to, that's just going to build their confidence and, and get them more comfortable on the course and get them ready to try, um, to try, you know, to try comp. There's, there's um, a gal she lives in Indiana and we used to do um, some pro camps followed by a pro competition uh, with an amateur competition uh, in Michigan years ago. And Mm. she's, you know, she's somebody that came to, came to the women's camp. um, And, you know, she, she was saying, she's like, I'm crazy for doing this, but my kids want me to do it. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm sure I'm not going to do well, but I mean, she, she did it. Like she was getting up, getting up the, you know, the shorter warped wall. She was challenging herself. She was trying things that she wouldn't typically just walk into a gym and go try on her own. Mm. And then she signed up for the competition that weekend. And yeah, it was great. So it's stuff like that. I don't care how they do. I just, I just love seeing them putting themselves out there and, you know, it's putting, putting the intimidation away and, you know, putting, you know, it, there's a lot of, you can be, it, it can be scary, but working mm. through that fear, you know, mm. it's a huge, that in and of, in, in and of itself is a huge success. success oh, 100%. Working, working through the fear. Speaking of that, how do you deal with obstacles that intimidate you or that you might be scared of? What is your, I guess, process of getting over that? Like a physical obstacle or like a life obstacle? Physical obstacle, like an actual, <laughs> an actual, an actual yeah. uh, ninja obstacle. So, um, like- ninja obstacle, like I will typically game plan it. Uh, like Ethan, Ethan and Torres are two of my favorite uh, just to come up and strategize with. Like if we're at local comps, like um, we game plan and we go through strategically every obstacle and how we're going to, how we're going to go through it. And then you know, they, they know my strengths, my abilities. So, you know, they'll ask me typically, okay, how would you do, how are you thinking about doing this? Mm. And then um, they'll give me feedback. And then if they think there may be a better way or a way that may work to my abilities better, they'll, they'll, they'll give me that idea. So, um, 
So no, it, it's talking, it's talking through things. Um, and something I do, I, I personally, I need to work on my confidence more. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm saying this, like I've been compete. I feel like I haven't competed in forever. <laughs> so I feel like I'm like shaking off cobwebs, trying to think back to like competition times. But, um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working through my own confidence issues. Um, and I think, I think that all goes back to what I was saying earlier is the training. Like I have not, in the last two years, when it comes to ninja specific, um, I haven't, I haven't trained anywhere near as much as I would like to. Like, you know, looking at Tiana on, on Instagram, like I've told her this a few times, like I envy her schedule. <laughs> all the training that she does and she's got her trainer and she's got her rehab and all that. Like, I want that schedule. I want that life for, for like eight months. <laughs> Like just put, put my job on hold for, for a year and then just live that life for a year. Like I would, <laughs> not realistic, but I would love that. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, I, I need to, in my own head, get to a better place of, okay, based on the amount that you, you train and based on the amount of time you actually have to train, um, set some more realistic expectations for yourself. <laughs> this is me speaking to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so that's something that I, you know, when I, you know, prior to, prior to things shutting down, that was something I was, you know, starting to work through a little bit. Mm, no, absolutely. Did you, did you say you competed again? Did you compete on another season? I competed in season 10. Um, competed in season 10 last year I was doing a dancing with the stars type event here in Chicago um so that was I had committed to that before the regions were announced and oh, okay. then um and then I called Peter and told him that I had a conflict because we were supposed to um the Cincinnati regions were of course the same date as this dancing event Man. so I called he was trying to get me moved to the Atlanta region and it did not work out oh man so mm -hmm. how did you how was season 10 so obviously from season seven mm -hmm. you've had a few more years in how did you then approach season 10 season 10 like I felt better going into it because I knew what to expect like just in terms of like the the entire the entire few day process right mm -hmm. so um I I knew how to prepare, you know, for one, just for the time shift, um, oh. and be up overnight. Um, but I did actually run early. I ran in, I ran before lunch, um, uh, in Indy. So I was before midnight, which was, which was lovely. Um, and I felt really good about it. I felt really good about the obstacles. Um, you know, number two is cannonball drop. You know, I was comfortable with my strategy with that. Um, and you know, I, I fell on the dismount. Um, so I went out on the second obstacle again. Um, and that one was even harder to swallow than, than the first time around. But, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change anything about my strategy going into it. Like, mm. you know, I had, cause we were, we were, we were all, you know, strategizing and talking, you know, cause it's the cannonball that has the wide neck and we were talking either interlock it or 
cross hands. And, and Rachel Goldstein had that same obstacle um, earlier uh, in one of the earlier regions. And so I called her and just asked her like what her technique was because she got on there really good. She hung on because um, that was in, I want to say that was Atlanta, that was in Atlanta um, that same season, but they had it like in the finals. Um, and so I was talking with her like interlock or over, over grip. And I wanted to just cross hands. Cause I felt like if I was like this, it might be harder to pull my hands apart. Mm. Um, so I got up on it, got my knees in. And so I was, I was hugging it. And then that first drop, like I could, I felt my hands open just a little bit. Ooh, and then the yeah. next drop, I felt them open a little oh. bit. And then the third drop, I'm like on the side. And, and I remember thinking like, don't just let one go. More one more second, one more second. <laughs> and the next thing I know I'm wet. Like I, and I didn't know that, like I, seeing my parents afterwards, my mom's like, how's your neck? I'm like, why? She's like, you smoked your face on the, on the mat and then went back in. <laughs> like I didn't, didn't even remember that um so you know going back and watching it I'm like yeah I, <laughs> I did it pretty good <laughs> and my neck was sore for a few days afterwards but um but yeah I just remember just it, it and that's where it's like like I was just that close um because I felt good about about the next the next two obstacles I, I mean I felt good about the next obstacle, but then, um, you know, the balance was rumbling dice. So that, you know, that's just, that's a 50-50. Just yeah. close your eyes and run. But, um, so no, I felt really good about it. And then it was, that was, that one was incredibly disappointing. Mm. Yeah, I could, I, 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 I can understand. I can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I had a, I had a moment. I think it was my, it was my second season where obviously I was prepared. I was feeling good. Um, my season one was performance was good considering I didn't have any experience, proper experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was feeling good about this. I knew what I was going to do. And then third obstacle, just the technique I had was slightly off, got past it, but uh, they said in the rules, you weren't allowed to touch. It was the bridge of blades. I don't okay. Yeah. I don't know how long it's been since that's yeah, been yeah. in the US, uh, but you're not allowed to touch it with your hands and I it came out of nowhere yeah. and I, oh, you know, mm-hmm. crap and touched it and got across and they DQ'd me. So that one, that was probably the, the hardest pill uh, uh, to swallow because it was just like, you know, I felt like the rest of the course, that's it. I'm, I'm on my way to a buzzer. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 know, I know that feeling oh too well. And obviously, yeah. and for me, that was the last time I've been on the show. So it's like I've been itching yep. to uh redeem myself mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but, well. uh, but uh, it's funny what you're saying about confidence i was having the same problem and yeah. i remember going into season three i didn't get on um because you've done, how many you've done two seasons? i've done two seasons okay um i've auditioned for all of them um but i didn't get on season three which jolted me because um, I had been used a lot over the years in the media and, you know, whatnot. So in my own head, I thought I was a lot safer than what I thought I was, sure. uh, which wasn't the case. Um, so I didn't get on I course tested and I was like, didn't want to disappoint, but then I was too afraid of failing. So I ended up failing all the time. 
And um, I think, you know, what you said sort of hinted, hinted at it about, you know, having that plan and, and, and committing to it. And mm-hmm. I think ever since I realized that, that's made all the stuff ups. Okay. I say to okay. myself, as long as I stick to the plan, the goal is yes to hit a buzzer, but the goal is to execute the plan that I created and not react. Exactly. Unless the reaction is crit- like needed, like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to adapt the plan. Because just gonna, this is- that was just going to be my next question. Yeah. Like, how are you, like, you can come up with a plan, but you also have to be able to pivot from that plan and be comfortable pivot. No, like, because there are times where you're going to have to realize, okay, this plan isn't, you could be mid obstacle and you're like, this isn't the, this plan's not going to work. Yeah. How do you pivot away from that versus just force, force the initial plan? Yeah. So as, as long as I execute to the strategy, whether there's adaptations in there as long, if I fail, then I don't feel as bad as I used to, because my mission is to never, ever, ever again, let a single obstacle in, uh, 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 and never let an obstacle uh, be bigger than what it is. That's good. Uh, I will never allow myself again to be intimidated mm-hmm. by an obstacle, no mm-hmm. matter how hard it is. Sure. Um, sure. And I've really tried to reinforce mm-hmm. that. It doesn't matter how comp- doesn't matter how many people fail. It doesn't matter how complex it is. Uh, I will do my best to not allow it to get to me. Because then I know it's already over. Um, That's a good mental space to be in. Yeah. So I was just going to say for you, I don't know, maybe it might help. But yeah, for me. Yeah, I know. I think that's something I need to. That's a philosophy I need to adopt. But it's the stubbornness, if that makes sense. It's the stubbornness of saying, I don't give a crap about how high this obstacle is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I, I will not be in. This is beneath me, so to speak. Like, you know, I'm above this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've always had a stubbornness with what I want to do something. Uh, I don't like to allow something to, to beat me, I guess. Um, I know, I, I know that feeling very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, season three for me, uh, that the tester, you know, was terrible. It did really badly. And then, you know, going forward, um, you know, I adopted this new, mentality and it's it's really it's really uh changed things obviously i haven't competed on the show since was going to and then the world ripped it from me (laughs) um but but i think i think no matter what now going into going into the show i think uh no matter what no matter what happens um i think as long as you hold that that mentality you you will feel a lot more relaxed i think and again, I haven't been able to put into practice in recent mm-hmm. years, but I, I, I think it will, I think it will hold true. So I don't know, maybe that might help. I like, oh, I, I like that. That's, that's the piece I'm taking away from this today. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, for you, what's, uh, so what's next, obviously everything with, with, you know, they film, they have their, their, cause I, you were there, you were, uh-huh. you were at the, yeah. but you weren't competing. I think you told me, you said you, you had some, you had an injury or, or something? Um, or? No, I was just there um, working. Like I was helping with, uh, I'm part of the Ninjas for Black Lives group. Yeah. So, 
so I was down there um, and then also just hanging out with, I stayed at, uh, so Jamie and Kim, Ron lived there. So I went. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And just hung out, hung out there for the week. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you did you try and get on for season? Um, no. no, you Not, didn't. No. Mm-mm. No. It was. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. Okay. So, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel like I'd be putting my best foot forward just because lack of training and um, I, I just wasn't wasn't ready for it. Or wasn't going to be ready for it. So. Um, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to roll the dice and then, you know, potentially get called and just not be prepared. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, looking at what the courses have been the Mm -hmm. last four, four episodes, they all look very fun. But part of me is also like, you know what, maybe it was good that (laughs) I didn't get on. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. obstacles are just nasty i mean they look awesome but they just look nasty i think the worst yeah. one i saw was this this one i don't know what it's called but when you run across it the thing just moves away it's like oh the ribs the, oh, the god yeah the, what something that like the running ribs or something yeah oh man rib run, rib run rib run what on earth my groins ripped just watching that <laughs> oh everything ripped for me and i'm thinking i just I'm like, how on earth is someone my height going to be able to do that? Obviously, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I know his name is gnarly Nate, but I don't know what his full name is. Oh yeah, um, Nate. Yeah, and I watched his one. I went, okay, all right, no, it's doable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, okay. Like, you gotta hit. You gotta hit those pads so precisely. Oh man, yeah. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm partially glad. <laughs> Part of me is glad I didn't actually get invited back, which wouldn't have been possible anyway. But right. uh, then also, part of me is like, oh man, I would love to have to have tried to mm-hmm. have tried some of those things. Yeah. Um, so I guess for you now, I guess I guess season thirteen or uh, fourteen. Mm-hmm. Or, what what is your what is now know. then your I focus still point? Haven't, I you know Ultimate Ninjas is open. I haven't been back yet. Um, you know, I've been, I work out every day. Um, I've actually been leading a group um, <clears throat> of my coworkers. We do, we do a half hour workout every morning. So we're six months and three weeks in <laughs> on uh, a Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to eight. We do high intensity interval workout, um, weights, abs, core, um, and plyometrics. And we, we, get, we get a solid sweat in in that, those 30 minutes so pull-ups um, I hope. what's that i said pull-ups i hope as well <laughs> not for them those um i, I move like my pull-up bars is the end of that yeah so. nice but um no i those i have to do on my own but um so i do that every morning then i usually you know at night i'll do some trx and you know a couple pull-ups and then but I haven't, I haven't climbed. I haven't been to a ninja gym. Um, I was at Stalenzi's house the other day and he's got, I don't know if you've seen his setup, but he's oh. got this trampoline. This, I, in yeah. room. So um, I was playing on that and like getting on the hangboard and the, and the pipes that he's got up the, up the wall. And I mean, I was doing that for maybe 10 minutes. I was sore for three days. Wow. <laughs> like, 
just like all in here like that it's just not i'm not used to being yeah used to that anymore so you know i need i i do want i need to get back i want to get back um my my parents and i are going to to mexico in november um so they've got a place down there so we're just going to get out of here for a couple weeks and and go go chill out down there for a little bit so yeah i'm just i'm not going to do anything until then i don't want to take the chance and the risk of potentially getting sick um mm. so i'm start. I'm, I'm in my head i'm thinking when i come back from from mexico i'll i'll start going again yeah okay and what's your obviously we talked about the confidence so um what 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 obstacles or what, what things do you think you need to focus on so that you can have a successful season and make it to the wall what, what do at you think at this point everything because <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't so march first week in march was the last time i was at at ultimate ninjas so oh, wow. yeah um so it's been it's been a minute um and i wasn't even really training consistently then um because i had done something to my shoulder <laughs> funny story um i was at wrigley field a year ago um it was like it was the first week in november last year and i had the opportunity to go out and do batting practice at the at where the cubs play at wrigley field awesome and um you know, so we were doing batting practice and then we got to go, go to the bullpen and, and throw against the gun to see how fast we could throw. And, you know, I'm thinking I can just start whipping it as I did and hit, hit where I was um, <laughs> 25 years ago. And that, and you know, it's 45 degrees. I haven't warmed up and I just start throwing hard. Uh, I messed my shoulder up a little bit and I kept going because I wasn't anywhere close to where I thought I would be so I just kept going and after I mean the first pitch I threw I'm like that was a horrible idea that really hurt (laughs) and I kept going and I kept going and I threw I don't know I threw probably seven or eight pitches and finally like you're just chalk it up to a loss you're not going to hit that number so um so after that, my shoulder was pretty messed up. Um, I ended up getting some steroid shots oh, uh, in January. Um, and then, the, but those helped. Those helped. I, the cortisone helped um, and was doing some PT. So I wasn't, I wasn't doing a ton of ninja from like November to february and then i just started getting back into it and then we shut down so um so i'm basically right now saying i'm i've been off basically a year i haven't done engine basically a year yeah wow so it's gonna be it's gonna be a long road back um i'm very grateful for the master's division (laughs) (laughs) um but that was that was also kind of like a mental thing i was like it, it was such a tweener as I like to say, you know, I was getting smoked in the pro division. Um, but the masters wasn't challenging. Mm. So, so then I started, I'm like, well, you know, what makes more sense just to go like to, to get whipped all the time in the pro division or, you know, go do the, do the masters where there may not 
be as much competition. Um, but then it's not as fun. So, mm. it's, you know, it's because it, it's not, I'm not being pushed then to train. So that I kind of had answered the question for myself, like, you need to just, you know, go back to pro and that should, you know, hopefully be my motivation to start training harder or training better, training smarter, training more. Mm. Uh, so, see, so yeah, I think, you know, when I get back to it, whenever that is this winter, um, it's, you know, it's going to be just a very cautious approach. Um, just getting the basics back, um, just getting some grip strength back. Um, so it's, you know, I'm probably not going to be like pushing myself crazy, like crazy, but just do it, just doing the basics, getting, getting the fundamentals down and, um, mm. uh, <clears throat> getting comfortable with those. And once those, you know, I, cause I have, I, I've got to build a base and, you know, as my cross country coach used to say, you got to put the hay in the barn. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a couple months of putting that hay in the barn and, and uh, getting that base built and getting reacclimated to that type of training. Mm. Well, you better, uh, better put some more effort into those pull-ups than right now. So that, uh, God, it's not I a- know, I know like <laughs> it's, it's in my living. It's no excuse. There's no, excuse. <laughs> so I will do like Brian Crutch gave me a great, a great pull-up, um, uh, tech, like practice training just to, to work on max pull-ups. Cause I mean, I think now I, right now I can do, I think maybe 10 pull-ups. Okay. okay. <laughs> but that's probably a stretch. Um, so I'm open to it. What do you do? What do you suggest for pull-up training? Um, I was just saying I got my, uh, got my bar there Yeah. in my room. <laughs> so there's no, there's really no excuse. No. Um, well, I think, uh, I think first of all, um, you know, before we get the full pull-up, you've got to make sure you've got, you know, good uh, scapular stability, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, a lot of those, uh, you know, exercises. Uh, Are you just here and pulling from yeah, here? pull, but then also getting the band, pulling back as well because, oh, yeah. yeah, because, you know, you, you've, you've obviously, when you're pulling up, you've got your, your lats being the dominant muscle group working. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're when you're pulling yourself up vertically, and your lats actually are a huge shoulder internal rotator because of the way they wrap in and attach. Um, so so overdeveloped lats actually can cause um, shoulder problems because of the way the the tendons and everything wrap around on the inside. It actually internally rotates the shoulder so oh, interesting. you need to make sure that you have very strong or you know to, to compensate uh rhomboids uh and uh middle traps which obviously position themselves in between the the shoulder blades uh-huh. and help focus on pulling them back so you know you want to make sure that you you you, you warm up those muscle groups specifically more so because lats obviously are bigger. They, you know, they'll tend to dominate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, 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 and making sure that when you pull up, cause even I can get lazy, making sure you're really squeezing them together at the top. Yeah. Cause it, you, you, it's quite amazing how much when you don't focus what muscles actually end up working predominantly. And you'll know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you'll know if you're, how sore you are by the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I use yeah. more more bicep than anything. Yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot do. Even I, even I, 
do this mm-hmm. sometimes. So I've got to be mindful that when I'm pulling up at the top, where, what am I engaging? What am I squeezing? What am I, what am I pulling? And um, even things like, okay, I got to squeeze my, my butt, uh, push my hips forward, which will help me tense my abs better. You know, trying yeah. to do pull-ups while squeezing your butt, tensing your abs, and squeezing your back, you just, it's just making life difficult. <laughs> right, right. And you're thinking uh, about it so much. Yeah, yeah, so much. And it, it takes so much more effort to mm-hmm. do the rep than if you just, yep, yeah, let's just bang them out. Yep. Just, just do as many uh, as you can. So just little things like that, uh, I find, just sort of help with the corrective side. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many, there's so many ways to, to go about it and to, 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 to work on it. But I think, like you said, you know, the, the hay and the, and the bone, like, you know, you, yep. you need Build that, that base, you need uh, scapula or shoulder blade stability yeah. first and foremost. So, yep. uh, and, and there's good supplementary exercises you can do as well like uh, uh, if you have access to weights or mm-hmm. even body weight, um, you know, proper horizontal rows, whether your body is horizontal, so facing up and you're pulling yourself up um, using your TRX, for example, or you're face down in a prone position with yep. dumbbells, with weights. Um, those are really good ways to build up okay. um, your uh, rhomboids and middle traps just because of the way the body's positioned. Because if you're doing pull-ups, um, you're going to predominantly use your lats. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be the biggest muscle groups that are, that are working. Sure. Whereas when you are horizontal and you have to pull yourself up, your, your, your scapula uh, and the muscle groups there are now in line with gravity. So as you're pulling yourself up, those muscle groups have to work harder. Um, and if they're not working, well, then that's when you realize you've got the compensation issues. So that's, that's how you discover muscle weaknesses when you put your body in the positions where those muscle groups should be maximized and they're not mm-hmm. working. That's mm-hmm. when you realize, shit, okay. Well, sorry. It's my podcast. I can swear. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I shouldn't, but, uh, cause I know kids <laughs> listen, but, um, you know, that's when you realize, Oh, I've, I've got problems here. So mm-hmm. I think the biggest way to know if, if you're going to have, you know, a strong pull up is if you put yourself in a horizontal row position, and you pull, do you shrug and bring your ear, you know, yeah. do you bring all that up? Do you feel yeah. your actual shoulder yeah. blades? Yeah, pulling together. Uh, mm-hmm. Where do you feel that tension? So, and I like to, I like to pretend I'm trying to pinch a pencil. Exactly. Yeah. E- exactly. So, mm-hmm. I think um, in regards to the pull up, the best way to get the pull up is to do it plus the supplementary stuff around it. Yeah. You know, yeah. to, to, to help. I, honestly, I like. Like, so I've just got that standard bar, but I've got my, um, my, the grip board, the hang board as well. I like doing my pull-ups more on the grip board or on my hang board than I do the actual bar. Mm. Mm. No, absolutely. Uh, Mm -hmm. It definitely changes. It changes everything. You know, when you change your, um, different grips and whatnot, it changes Mm -hmm. how the forearms work, which then carries on. It changes how. You know, you might work different aspects of the same muscle groups because um, yeah. all the fibers in the muscles can run differently. So when you change, you know, we'll, we'll use a push up or a bench press, for example, when you're doing incline, decline, you know, the fibers mm-hmm. of the pec 
run off differently based off where it's positioned. So, you know, you have your, your upper pec, sort of the fibers run a little bit up and then the, the lower side of the pec fibers run a bit down. So when you do things on different angles, you build up the muscle in different way. And that's why bodybuilders do all these different isolated exercises because they're, they're trying to build up a more full, fuller muscle. But in our yeah. case, what it's doing is it's helping to, to bulletproof uh, the body, the body more. So um, when you mix it up and try and try all these little things, like, you know, your body's getting used to different tolerances, different loads and, mm-hmm. and also in all sorts of things. Um, Interesting. I, I could keep going, but I, I don't think people want to hear, <laughs> hear about this. We can talk about it, but uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll end the podcast, but thank you so much for, for coming on to, uh, onto the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's really nice. No, absolutely. To... This was so great. It's so lovely to get to know you and, and speak with you. Oh, absolutely. And you know, yeah. I, I definitely, definitely look forward to watching your sort of ninja journey and, and everything going forward. So thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. And likewise, I, so when do you, when's, when would be your next season? Yeah, that's a hard one. I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure what's going to happen. Uh, everything depends. We, we will have another season five. Um, but uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with America. Um, Got it. Whether or not I can get into the country. Well, legally, I'm a citizen of both countries. Obviously, that's the only reason why I can even compete on the show. So okay. I, I cannot be denied entry into either country. It's just a matter of are there flights? Uh, I know I've got a quarantine each way. I've got yeah. to pay to quarantine here. I'll, I'll tell you after this, it's, co- it's oh, complex. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of money that needs to be, needs to be spent. So it's, I've got to work oh, out. Goodness. Yeah. I've got to work out what's the best way, but thank, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, I hope, You're we, so welcome. hope, hope we do this great. again. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's episode on the Way of the Ninja podcast. If you would like to be kept in the loop, please subscribe today. If you would like to help support the podcast and help us grow, please consider becoming a Patreon member today. There is a link in the show notes or else you can go directly to our Instagram page at 52 ninja